What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Write Who You Know. This is the screenwriting podcast. It's the behind the scenes about the behind the scenes. I'm Matt Hausfetter. Uh, it's currently Monday, April 24th in Laurel Canyon, Los Angeles, California. Uh, we're in a playoff right now, the Los Angeles Lakers versus the Grizzlies, game three, halftime. Uh, I shot up here to my room on Monday night to record this podcast. Uh, you guys are in for a real treat because, of course, I just keep coming with the hits and bringing great writers. Uh, this one is no different. Tonight on the podcast, we have Peter Kim. He is an incredible writer actor comedian he does it all honestly he's also a podcaster this guy is a quadruple threat uh you most most of you may know him uh from playing benny on amazon's hit comedy fairfax uh or you may know him from the stand-up circuit or you might recognize his voice from his wildly successful podcast two kim's one pod either way i really think you're gonna like his story and uh, i really think you're gonna dig this podcast so without further ado Here's my interview with my dear buddy, screenwriter, actor, comedian, podcaster, Ledge, Peter Kim. Pass. Nope. We love Matt. It's just a really hard time right now. The industry's contracting. Come back to us and get some bigger attachments. Tell them right what you know. No, tell them right who you know. First of all, I just saw you... Um, on bad friends and what's funny about that is i work in that fucking office that's like where i write every day because andrew's been in oh. australia and bobby they do their thing like very mm -hmm. sporadically when he's in australia so i've literally been going there every day for two months wait the same uh, the same exact space yeah like where you guys did bad friends were you were you in toluca lake and like that yeah little, yeah yeah and there's like a doormat that's his gayest place in town like yeah, yeah. yeah okay that's where i work every day oh no why by myself why because so like you 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 go there to like a we work situation like? yeah i just go there to be alone because like here baby oh. nanny oh, oh, oh wife sometimes is working downstairs uh and I I just like prefer to have structure i think after covid like i prefer having the structure of like going somewhere yeah, yeah like yeah. i feel like i'm putting on a suit and going to work even though i don't wear a suit and i'm yeah. just going 10 minutes away to um how, how, because you work with them before so you're oh, like, okay yeah let, let me, me explain let me you're out. like what the oh, yeah. fuck are you talking about matt um <laughs> i met andrew santino like 10 or 11 years we were set up on a date by our then manager mm. And we went to Fairfax, actually, uh, and had hamburgers, and we got stoned and had the best time. And this was right before, like, he was on Mixology, this ABC show that he was auditioning for. I don't know if okay. you remember that. It was a short-lived no. network ABC thing. Was it about bartenders? It was about um, – it was from the creators of The Hangover, and the whole conceit was that – it was the same night told over and over and over from different perspectives of different people in the bar. Oh, okay. So, like, a couple meets, a couple breaks up. Like, all of this shit happens in the bar. And uh, he played one of the characters, Bruce, who was, like, the narrator. Okay. So, cool. anyway, at this point in his career is when I meet him. We get high. I become his little buddy. Uh -huh. And he doesn't really know, like, the best stuff in L.A., or at least 12 years ago, because he's from Chicago. Right. He'd be like, I need a good haircut. I'm like, dude, I got you. Uh -huh. He finally got some money after ABC, and he's like, I need a watch. I was like, I'm going to take you to Feldmar. Like, I know where to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you got, I, you're the local hookup. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like um, Red in Shawshank. If you <laughs> need to locate something, I'm your guy. Yeah. Um, the, you're the plug. Yeah, we just stayed friends, and I've watched him, his career, continue to go up and up and up. And um, and being friends with him and some other comedians, like I've had meals with Bobby Lee as well. Who? Oh, cool. What is so funny? When I was fifteen, I went on a, like a, a to a sixteen year old birthday party at the Comedy Store. We sat in the front row, and Bobby Lee was performing. And this is when he had like he was so young. Uh -huh. This was maybe Mad TV time. Did he have the Mohawk? No, he had like a cute little mullet kind of oh, thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, and he singled me out in the front of the crowd, and I was heavier back then. Uh -huh. And he goes, what do you get when you gobble down sweets? <laughs> it, was so, it was so fucked. What a dick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah, but I was fat shamed by Bobby Lee. I'm sure he showed uh, he us his He fat pubes. shames everyone, by the way. Yeah. So it's a it's a term of endearment almost and it's ironic because yeah. i feel like he's so body positive with his own just like let me throw around my own body and be yeah yeah so i would imagine that uh, i know he didn't really mean it but goddamn was no. it hysterical and like my friends like to were this you, day were you 16 yeah that's, i was like 16 or something up time. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so good it was so good and i think oh, i think maybe even bill burr was on 
that show too because I was like a dumb 16 year old and some guy came out and was talking about his setup was like um you know the vagina has three holes that's how this guy did this opening and I was like yeah duh because like I learned about the school and he went mm-hmm. excuse me Johnny Pussy 3000 so between <laughs> between that and Bobby Lee the same night yeah uh, I've loved did you did you since. love that yes yeah oh yeah, yeah. you love that at times I, yeah getting I, roasted <clears throat> totally and I yeah. love stand up comedy and like grew up watching stand up uh and I just have such respect for it. But anyway, yeah, Bobby Lee and Andrew, I've had like weird moments with them throughout my whole life. And so um, recently, Andrew and I began working on this uh, comedy pitch called Hooch, which is like a uh, redneck succession set in the world of bourbon. Oh, uh, I love that. Me too. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and I've been going to his offers every day to write it because he's been in Australia making that movie. And uh-huh. like he knows that I like not being at home some days. So some days I'll work from home. But like three, four times a week, I'll go to that office and like bring a lunch. That's just like great. Be yeah. a working man. I love that. I I I found a share co-working space that someone someone I know owns it, and they just let us use it. So it's like a free thing. Is yours free? Is yours yes. free? Yes. You don't pay. No. And Andrew always jokes. He's like, Andrew Santino, right? He's like, you should pay fucking rent, you bitch. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I, I I get that. I I can't. I I like to work at home, but. Only at night, I can't do it during the day. Mm. I don't know why. I I I I I'm a night writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, night writer. I'm a kid. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> but uh, during the day, I need to go somewhere else that's not my house because I, I have the same thing where it's like if I'm in my house, I have everything else I want to do besides write. You know how it is. Like, yeah, I thrive yeah. in a structured environment where it's the least amount of distractions. Right, right, right. Um, and then also I just feel like being here in the world we live in, we're like, Amazon shows up and the mailman comes. Mm-hmm. If you have a dog, which dog, I know you Oh, do, my God. Just yeah. Rah, 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 rah. yeah. You, it's like you could get enough to make you go insane. Seriously. And every time I have to write, I'm taking my dog out like 10 times. You know what I mean? He's like, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fucking walked. Like, And I, I'll do anything besides write. So I need to go somewhere for, for sure. Peter, before yeah. we get into all the cool stuff you're working on right now, uh, when did you like know growing up? Like, when did you know like I want to be a performer, a writer, a stand up? Like, how how did you sort of come to terms and 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 fall not fall into this because like you you obviously like chased it and want it, but how did you get started in this crazy business? I I actually started um, late, and I think that's a lot of my point of view is I started late, so I have to go go go. Like I feel like I'm always running out of time. I'm, I feel like I'm so behind because I. Um, I, I did comedy in college. I did like sketch comedy in college, but just with friends for like a show, you know what I mean? So like it never felt like a career. And I, I was going to the comedy cellar when I was in high school. I grew up in Queens. Whoa, that's yeah. cool. I, yeah. So I used to watch like young rock, young, like Dave wow. Attell. Dave Attell. I loved, I loved his yeah. show Insomniac. Yeah. Oh my so God. That, I was obsessed with that. Yeah. And, and growing up as like a korean immigrant like evangelical like christian kid the fact that dave attell could say the nastiest things i was obsessed with i was like i want to be that like i want that amount of freedom so like i always wanted it but i never thought it was for me yeah and then um i went into the tech restaurant. i worked in tech at yahoo for seven years holy shit how did i not know this but where were where were you working i don't in lead new york? with that ever <laughs> <laughs> i started in new york and they were like hey would you like to come out to the west coast to san francisco and that's i was very closeted still then so i was like oh great i could go to san francisco I could work, I could come out, and this would be, like, perfect. It would be, like, utopia for a little chubby gay Asian boy. What year was this, Peter? Just to give Two, me some context. 2005. Okay. All right, so you yeah. move out to San Fran. To San Fran, and uh, I was working. I was going down to Sunnyvale. I don't know if you know that area. It's, like, the Silicon Valley area. Yeah. And so I was taking this, like, crazy bus with leather chairs and Wi-Fi. And, you know, like, like a really nice, was it like, like a, from Yahoo? They like sent yeah, a bus yeah. for you? Yeah, like wow. Silicon Valley, the show was 10 years after I left Silicon Valley, but it was like, it was a little triggering for me to watch. I was like, <laughs> I, this is too close. Uh, so I was that like, I was in that douchebag class of early tech people who ruined San Francisco. Okay. So I was like, I need to get out of this. I hate this. I hate myself. I hate my job. And um, and then I started comedy in 2009. Um, I actually, I went to a comedy show. I was four months into San Francisco and I was so depressed. And my friend was like, look, you got to get out of the house. We got I got to take you to a show. So we went to a show 
And it was great, amazing. And at the end, they were like, we do classes. And he and I were like, should we sign up? We're both funny, you know? And um, he was like, yeah, let's do it. So we signed up for a Monday 7 p.m. class. We, I get there at like 6.55, you know, eager beaver. And he, he texts me at 7.05, I can't make it. Like, I'm stuck at work, so I'm not going to do it. And I was like, what? I'm already here. He was like, just leave, whatever. I was like, I signed in. <laughs> I can't leave. <laughs> they have my email. <laughs> so I signed up for class, and the rest is history. That's amazing. Okay. Um, and did you, like, in, in terms of writing, did mm-hmm. you just, like, love movies and TV growing up? Like, were there certain movies or, or TV yeah. shows that you saw that influenced you or even books you read or – um, like what was, I, I guess I'm like, what led you to like being, le- after you realized I'm going to do comedy and you went mm. to this club, like what was your next like uh, step? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, they were like, you're awkward on stage, so you should take an improv <laughs> class. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I took an improv class and I fell in love with it. And in San Francisco back then it was still very, um, kind of old school theater sportsy type of um um uh, like bats do you know bay area theater sport it's like they do um improvise like jane austen or whatever they'll take like a genre and like improvise through it or something like that so it wasn't really like there wasn't a lot of um kind of like modern improv yeah. like ucb yep. in san francisco so i flew to new york and i would do those intensives and i would like put uh I guess I could say this now. I would put like money. I would put it on the uh, company credit card and be like, "I'm going to visit clients." I would visit one client. You were yeah. You were <laughs> yeah. still doing your job. I was doing you my were job. Not, not doing your job. I was there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you visited a client. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I would stay the whole week and work out of the New York office, and I would take this class during the day and for like six hours a day or whatever. So I would get my like real improv in in New York. Um, and that's I, hustle. That's hustle. Great. Yeah, and I would fly down here from San Francisco and be like visiting a client in LA. And then I would do all this, uh, all the IO stuff here and go hit open mics out here. And it was just like, I, I couldn't get it. And this was before UCB Franklin was here. Wow. So yeah. That's, that's that was old like school. old school. So I was coming down here and like, it was, I just wanted every morsel of comedy. I, I couldn't get enough. And um, two, no, three years in 2012, I was like, all right, I need to go to Chicago and really see if I can do this. Because Chicago was like the place for yeah. improv. So improv and sketch. So did you I, go to second do you like sign up for Second City or Yeah, so I left I left uh my job and my career. Wow. I had did 50, your parents want to kill you? My mom was like, Are you fucking insane? You're making so much money. I was making <laughs> I was twenty six years old and making so much fucking money, and my mom was like this is the dream. <laughs> you achieved the dream. What are you doing? And I was like, I'm sad. And she was like, what Too does that bad. have to do with it? <laughs> We're all sad. The fuck are you? Who are you? You think you could be better? <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> so I, I had $50,000 in the bank. I had my clothes and my books. And I left everything. I gave everything away. And it was one of those moments where I was like, I have to do this. So I went to Chicago Good for you. and became an intern at 30 years old at the IO Chicago and um, took my classes and did all that. I doubled up on classes. I was like, I, any way I could like fast track, I would go like to the heads of the theaters and I'd be like, I'm only here for a month, so I need to take all your classes now. And they're like, cool. Do you have money? I'm like, I have cash. <laughs> they're like, great. They're like, great. That's all we want. <laughs> so um, I like fast tracked all my classes and. That's and very I, smart of you to do that as well. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I felt like I had no other option. but um, So I did that. And in five years, I started touring uh, for Second City. And then I did their resident stage. And So you really found like a community of people at yeah. Second City in Chicago. Yeah, in Chicago. Chicago was like, that's where I found love with the craft of it, you know, and the community of it. Um, and there... Uh, you've heard this, I'm sure, from many people. Like, there's not a lot of industry there, so all you do is the work. There's no like, uh, and to get to blank, like it's just the work. So Got like, it. it was the best place to learn and to train, and then bring it out here, obviously, to in 2017. Did any of the Second City legends ever <laughs> um... come back? Yeah. Oh yeah, a lot of them would stop by. I have a story about Bob Odenkirk who came back um after our show 
and then he came back and <laughs> he says, uh, we're like, oh my God, Bob, like, let's take a picture. He goes, yeah, yeah, hold on. I have some notes. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, um, okay. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. But there would be, um, who else would stop by? A lot of like Jack McBrayer stopped by. Um, the, a lot of the old greats would come by for this thing called Letters to Santa. It was like a annual 24-hour improv marathon. I think I've heard of that. I that definitely have do. heard of that. And, and Jeff Tweedy would come and host it and swing. He's a Chicago and, guy. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Moco. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so uh, Peter, when did you move back to L- Did you move back to L.A. after that five years of touring? Or how did you end up in Los Angeles? I moved. I, so I was never in L.A. I was in San Francisco. Okay. And then I moved to Chicago in 2012. And then in... 2017 i moved out here got it to okay LA. okay and that's what i meant i'm trying oh, to yeah, place yeah, yeah. i'm trying to place when at what at what point in the timeline i met you and right how long you had been in los angeles i think i when did i meet you 2019 yeah i think so so t- i was two years in okay yeah okay yeah i had come and um i'd done uh, luckily i'd booked a couple of like cool stuff my dream booking ever well, I, I really wanted to come here and work on Curb. You know what's so funny? I knew you were going to say that because yeah. I looked at your IMDb and I was like, I wonder what he's going to say. I wonder what he's going to say. Tell, yeah, tell us about Curb Your Enthusiasm. It was, the it was I mean, the dream, right? To go into, uh, to, this was when it was still pre-pandemic, so auditioning in person, Allison Jones, you know, the top. Queen of cre- casting. Yeah, cream of the crop. And I'm like, what am I doing here? You know, like one year in. So I, I felt like a total... Um, asshole and a fucking noob you know but like i went in and i had fun and larry i made larry laugh and he he was cracking up and i was like oh my god this is the dream i'm living the Were dream. you like having an out-of-body experience yeah and you know what's crazy um you know john early mm-hmm. john early was in uh the audition but for a different role right and we know each other through common friends so i saw him and i was like oh my god oh my god and then I left the audition and he was still in the car and I was like, how did it go? And he was like, I don't think he liked me. And I was like, oh, and he goes, how did yours go? And I was like, yeah, I don't think he liked me either. (laughs) See, we're meeting for dinner. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I know. (laughs) But um, and then I booked it. And but the thing is, it was so crazy because we got I got there and there's a director. I forgot what his name is. Jeff Schaefer, I think. And he was like. You know, setting up the scene for me. You, you. This is what you're gonna improvise and blah blah. And I sit down. I, I mean, they sit down and I stand up. And it's with him and John Hamm. It was the mm, season where John Hamm wow. was trying to like be like him or something like that. He was like trying to like study him as a character or whatever. Interesting. And he takes him to this Chinese restaurant, and I'm the manager, and I kick him out for be- because he says um, he keeps looking over at a Chinese table and says, "What are you guys eating?" And <laughs> They're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Leave us alone. And I come back. I'm like, why do you keep asking them? Like, what is this? And um, anyway, so within the scene, um, I'm I'm supposed to be like antagonistic, obviously. So we're like getting at it. And then he goes, at one point he goes, um, no, 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 you're being rude. I'm like, you're being rude. And he was like, no, 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 pull it back. It's like, yeah, pull it back, buddy. You pull it back. And he was like, no, I'm serious. Pull it back. And I was like, oh, about your performance? Your, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, you're directing me? Oh, you're directing me. Oh, shit. And he was like, okay, let's cut, let's cut. And I was like, oh, my God, what the fuck is going on? And so I I didn't realize that he was directing me to, like, pull it back, you know, because I was being too rude to him. And I, I, I was just stunned, and I was just in my head the entire time, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm fucking this up. And, I'm this. and John Hamm's like, you're doing good. And I'm like, oh, my God, he doesn't mean it. What is, you know, I'm just, like, freaking out. What makes you, why was he directing you? I think that's just what he does. I <sighs> think because he's been on his show for so long that, like, the director is not giving, you know, he's, like, doing, you know, directing the scenes as he goes. And I, I guess it's just a thing he does, but I didn't know. Like, so I was just like, freaking out the entire time anyway long story short i turn on the uh, tv sunday night i'm like dun, 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 and my scene is cut <laughs> no <laughs> they were like you did can- you tell everyone like were you having a watch party oh my god i posted it on instagram on oh, the on no. main oh no on main did you Matt. take it away yeah i deleted it immediately <laughs> as i did the black square for black lives matter <laughs> 
Like I did. <laughs> oh my god, that's great. Oh, uh, embarrassing. But I mean, whatever. I still got to work with. It's him a triumph. It, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I still a win. I can. I can't prove it to anyone, but it's it's an internal win. Peter, question I ask mostly everyone because I feel like so many people out there want to know. Do you remember how specifically like you end up with your agents or how you got your agents or how you got signed? Because I feel like everybody thinks that's such like a barrier to entry. So I was curious what your journey with that was. Mm. Um, so I literary, literary, you mean either, either. But yeah, you can tell me literary. Sure. Yeah. I know yeah. it's a writing pod. But yeah, you're a multi hyphenate. So anyway, you want to <laughs> like I have a team. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's. It's interesting. I came from Chicago with an acting agent, and um, after, but they're like a Chicago kind of. Got it. They agency. weren't like one of the L.A. Big, ones yet. Yeah, uh, they they have an office, but you Got know it. you know how that works. And they're not homeless. They they represent <laughs> me. They're not unhoused. <laughs> they're below the poverty line. Yeah. <laughs> no, but they. Uh, I didn't have an L.A. agent, and after I did a showcase for CBS, like a sketch showcase, mm -hmm. um, diversity thing, and. Um, I, 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 they were like, a lot of people were like, you got to drop, you got to drop your agents before, because all the agents are going to come to that and they're going to want you. So like, but if you're represented, they're not going to talk to you or something like whatever. Yeah. But I had this like insane sense of loyalty. So I was like, I got to keep my agent from Chicago. <laughs> so I kept them and, um, and then, uh, you know, first year of pilot season happened and I was severely underprepared. Like, I just did not know what the fuck I was doing, you know? And I, and I was just, like, acting to the back of the room, like, theater style, you know? And, it, I, you know, it took another year for me to be like, oh, I don't know if I like this. Like, this is, like, the grind of this feels too shitty. And, like, there's no sense of, um, I don't know, uh, uh, self-motivation or, like, anything I can do, really, besides, like, take a class or whatever or get new headshots, like, for the fifth time. So... <laughs> Um, and a lot of my friends had been like writing pilots and stuff. And I was like, well, I think I should write something too, just so that I have something. And it feels like at least I, I could spend this time better than like just going around auditioning. So like I started writing and I asked my Chicago agent, like, are you going to like help me out? Do you have any like plans to cover me? And he said no. So I ended up shopping for another agency and APA had come to a, um, a show that I did at UCB called Maud, like a sketch show. Mm -hmm. And they were like, hey, I we had met in Chicago, but I'd, I had not remembered. And we reconnected, and they repped me across the board. And then that's how I got my first literary. Got event. it. And then... Um, and you, had you already <clears throat> written something at that point, or it was sort of like serendipitous where you were writing something but also were shopping for a new agent? Or, like, did you have something concrete to did, show? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had a, I had samples okay, ready, cool. like a couple of samples, and all, like, comedy half-hour samples. And I, I, I had it ready for them to read, and they were like, this is great. We could send you out or whatever. So they started sending me out for, like, staffing and stuff like that. And then... Long story, like they didn't work out, and now I'm at a different agency, and now this agency is really helping me like grow as a writer. As where a are you? Are, can I ask where you are now, Peter? Yeah, yeah, I'm at CAA. My so. dog, <laughs> that's great. That's yeah, great. Thanks. Listen, you've you've evolved as sometimes your team needs to evolve, and that's yeah. totally okay too. And yeah. it's no no shade to anybody that's ever helped you because they were on your team once, and yeah, you know sometimes you outgrow people. I think it's like seasons, yeah. honestly, like because. Also, they're we're they're our only reps, but we're not their only clients. Like they have ten other clients that they're whatever. Yeah, that they're covering. thirty or forty makes me sad. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> exactly. So like I don't know. Sometimes you just kind of like relationships, right? Like it yeah. runs its course sometimes, and it's not like I, I don't think I've ever felt left anything bad. Yeah. I'm sure APA might say something different, or no, like I'm sure you Gray might say something it. different, or whatever, but. I think there's a time and a season for relationships, and I think it runs out, you know? Absolutely. Can I ask, uh, when you have had to have those difficult conversations that we've run our, our relationship has run our course, is there a certain way you find it's best to do that? Have you done it on the phone? or And without specifics, I'm just curious, you know, I yeah. asked you, have you done it on the phone or on email, in person? Like, what do you find is the best way when you need to uh, diplomatically end a relationship that's that's based in work? Uh, I, I think work-wise, maybe phone. 
you know, because for me personally, I like I like to hear their voice because mm-hmm. so much Absolutely. can be or Zoom. Is, yeah, there's no tone too. on an email. Yeah, and you can pick up anything you want, especially the mood that you're in. So if you're in a fucked up mood and you get this email, you're gonna take it fucked up, you know. Yeah. But like, at least on a phone call, I can be like, "Hey, I person to person, here's where I am." So yep. like, let's level. Yeah. So I think that's. For me, that's that, no. That's the way that I've had to do it in the past. So yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, because I know. How did people. that go for you? One time it went okay. <laughs> the one time I got screamed at, and <gasps> I was like, "Okay, there's no way!" Mission. Screaming? It was like it was very intense. Not like screaming, but it was like in very intense talking. Like, let me give you some advice. By the end of it, like, because I'm only your manager. By the end of the until the end of this fucking phone call, but like oh, you're no. doing it wrong. I was oh. like, "Okay." Oh, wow. But that made me realize, like, oh yeah, like you shouldn't be my manager. Yeah, so exactly. This is <laughs> this is totally. Um, yeah, you confirmed that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, Peter, next thing I ask is then, like, did you start staffing, or because mm. I think I know you sold a show about uh, the spa. Yeah. Was that the first sale that you had in television or? Uh, in, I'm, I'm sure in, to try. Yeah, in broadcast, yeah. I had sold a pilot to Disney Channel before that. Oh, take, tell me about that. Uh, it was called K-Pop Kid, and it was about, like, three um, K-Pop brothers who were, like, moonlighting as K-Pop kids um, inst- because their parents had, you know, warned them that, like, they had to finish school mm. so they couldn't do it full time. Got and it. So, That's cool. Oh, it was, like, kind of like Hannah Montana. like Hannah Montana, basically. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So I wrote a pilot for them, and then um, the spa thing sold. Um, and that's what really helped me, I think, get into more rooms and other studios wanted to meet with me and yeah. stuff like that. And yeah. Peter, can I ask when you are pitching a show, how do you prepare? Like, what's your like, do you have <laughs> notes that you read off of or do you go off book and like memorize everything? <laughs> like, what's your style for, for pitching? That's that's great. Um, I just came off a round of pitches. So this is very fresh for me. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, the the first one uh, I we did. With Bobby, the spa one, we like, I hounded Bobby to practice. And, you know, like. Yeah, I'm sure that's it's like he, riding a bull a little yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. He loves to just wing stuff. I'm sure. Know? But, um, <laughs> <laughs> which he's great at, but like, I'm a control freak. So I'm like, I need you to know, like, I need to know your parts too, so that if you do wing it, I can come back and circle back and stuff like that. So, like, I like to prepare hard. Me too. And, uh, right? Cause, like, it's like anything. It's a performance, right? So Absolutely. Like, it's like theater. You it's know? theater. And I feel like for those execs, like unless they're hearing other pitches that day, like this hour is like the most fun they're going to have that day. So like entertain them. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And I, as a performer, I it's one of my, it's, it, it. I don't know, like it's staffing too. Like that's a performance too, right? Like yeah. that's why I love it so much because like, you, especially the staffing part, you're making other funny people laugh. And that's like nothing, nothing better than that. No. Uh, but like the exact thing is whatever it's your you got to go do it yeah it's just like <laughs> but it might as well be fun yeah, you, yeah you're putting on a show so so you do write a script and oh, when i no, say a script, oh like, no i don't write a script but i do uh s- stick to note cards okay. so like i'll write out um notes and so i'll write out a pitch document like and then i'll that i'll go from that and then adjust it to like a 15 minutes pitch like verbal pitch that's perfect. I find like 15 to 7 minutes is the perfect sweet spot yeah. for a pitch. And that's actually something Teddy and Aaron taught me where yeah. before I met them, like they had pitching down to a science and they like yeah, taught yeah. it to me. And the first thing I ever sold was Fairfax with them. And I was like, oh, oh really? I was like, oh, this is how you do this. Oh, like, wow. no wonder. Yeah, cool. Um, and we, you know, it was like a little stage play. Like each yeah. of us had lines and you don't know that we, you know, practice. Yeah. yeah. And it's supposed to come off as colloquial yes, and organic, yes. but what you don't know is it is fucking scripted to the moment. To the moment, yeah, exactly. You, uh, and the fact that like you practice it so hard, you can now just release and yeah. have fun. In yeah, the and thing. so yeah. and if so, if there is like a fun riff or something happens where you get interrupted or an exec yeah, makes yeah. a joke, like you know exactly where you are, so you can get back to yeah. it. You know, I like, I love it. I know a lot of writers hate pitching, but I think it's fun. I do too, and I think. Uh, you t- you're touching on an inter- on an interesting thing because for a lot of writers I know, uh, pitching is kind of antithetical to the skill set of being a writer, which is like being alone in a room, yeah, and getting no- to be allowed for four, mm-hmm. be alone for four or five hours, and like no, I'm expressing to you 
off the page. Yeah. I'm not doing it verbally to you. Yeah. And yeah. I think so much of what we do in order to get across the threshold to sell a show. Yeah. Is you have to be a salesman. You do. Yeah. You do. Or so, at least one person in the on your team has to be that salesman. Yeah. So if you're if you're a writer who can't do that thing, then I think you need a producer who's going to be the wheeler dealer or whatever yeah. to set you up to succeed or whatever. Yeah, it's because, like Shark Tank kind of. Yeah. You're like, truly <laughs> like you're going in there and you're like, give me 250 grand to, to, to write this thing based on 15 minutes of me ranting. <laughs> exactly. That's so true. Yeah. yeah. I, I've always dreamed about going on Shark Tank. Who's your favorite Shark Tank person? Um well I love Mark Cuban. Uh not Mark Cuban, what's his name? Um is it Mark Cuban? Well, there's there is Mark Cuban on there, but he, there's also Robert Herjavec, son of an immigrant factory worker. Oh, there's is, Barbara Corcoran. I like her. The, there's uh, who's the queen of QVC? Shelly. Is oh, that her name? Shelly. Shelly. I don't. Is that her name? I think so. And then there's Damon John. Who, is that the mean one who's like in the no? Suit the all mean the one is Mr. Wonderful. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I like him too. I like all of them. Yeah, yeah. Robert is my favorite. Uh, I would also partner with Barbara Corcoran. You know, the like sort of bush short-headed, small. I mean, the short-haired, small woman. Yeah, yeah. Who's like kind of old and frail. <laughs> she seems like a like a Hollywood agent. Yeah, yeah, she does. Except I feel like she's infirm a little bit. I don't know. Oh my god. Yeah, I bet you'd be good on Shark Tank too. I mean, yeah. yeah, because I've I feel like I've I've cultivated a a a, a pitch shtick. Yeah. Uh, uh, over the years, it's like you're boiling down all the main points, and yeah. then you're 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 figuring out like the story you want to tell and why they need it. Like, why? What? How do you start most of your pitches? Like with a personal anecdote, or like how how did you start? I your usually last open pitch? with a joke, um, like a personal joke or something like that. Uh, or, or or hopefully there's an inside joke if I've met them before, if yeah. I pitched to them before, yep. or whatever. So I'll open like that, and then I'll go start with like a personal thing of like why this story is coming from me, you know, yeah. like, a, a, and then tie it into like, okay, now that brings us to the show, and then go into like the pitch of like the elevator pitch of the show, the log line, and then and then I go into like the world, the characters, if it's a broadcasting heavier pilot pitch, if it's streamer heavier season pitch. And then just wrap it up with a nice little button. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. How did the last round of pitches go? Do you like very good? Uh-huh. Seven out of seven pass. So, so yeah. <laughs> oh. heartbreaking. I'm by sorry. By the seventh Peter. one. Can I tell you by the seventh? And this, they, they these were two days of three pitches a day. So by the by the way, I'm sure by night one your voice was like oh. Yeah. I was done. I was depleted. And I had Oscar winner um Octavia Spencer like introducing me in these pitches and shut the fuck up yeah girl like it was it, it was a slay 100 slay the entire time but no one bought yeah it's hard it's crazy did anybody here. did anybody give you feedback as to why or like is there it any... was all over the map too niche not niche enough too broad not broad enough like it was so like do you yeah. feel comfortable telling me about the idea a little bit, or if you don't want to? Yeah, I totally yeah, understand. no, no, no. Of curious. course, no. It was. It's called Neighborhood Safety Companions, and it's about a um, volunteer activist group who um, take on like one one nine like non emergency calls to like respond and trying to prove to the city that most LA social disturbances don't need the cops. Got it. And it's like an ensemble comedy and, you know, workplace, whatever, whatever. That's super fun. Yeah. And um, the, they, everyone loved the idea, but every everything was like, it's a little off from this brand. Or like, for example, like I, one of the things was like, you know, we, we're, we like, our business is in family comedies, and but this isn't a family comedy. And I was like, it's a workplace. Yeah. And I'm like, why did you listen to the pitch? Like, what Dude, is that? I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, what, what is this for? <laughs> Santino and I, with this with this bourbon family pitch, uh -huh. we pitched uh, a, a company. Yeah. I won't say who, but they were like, we love the pitch. We have a competing project. It's a comedy set, a good dramedy set in the world of wine. I was like, then why the why fuck? Why did you listen? Why the fuck you knew did I the pitch you? Yeah. Why did you bring me in? <laughs> I mean, that, it's almost it's so frustrating because like I I want to think that it's not them going dance for me monkey but I'm like it's starting to seem like yes, it, it is <laughs> yes it is yes it is uh, how do you deal with passes like because I know sometimes I get hard on myself and I'm like you know I've had, I've had like four producers pass on something recently that I took out and it's of course there's like four thousand producers you could literally you know throw a football out my front door and hit one but uh, <laughs> but. 
it, I take it sometimes hard, and I take it personally, yeah. even though I try not to. So how do you cope with it? Can I be shitty for just a yes, second? Yes, please, Peter. This is the Be Shitty podcast. Okay. <laughs> I, um, my, when this round of passes happened, my, I was very, like, very upset, and my reps were on the phone with me, and I was like, this is, I, I don't know what to say. And they were like, well, you know, sometimes when you take stuff out, they don't sell. And I was like, I didn't think that was possible. <laughs> You're like, it's not my, not was, me. I, I, honestly, this is the first time I had not sold something. And I know that sounds shitty. No, it doesn't. Because <laughs> I had the same thing happen. It, oh, I, did you? Okay. Yeah, I'll tell so you, you, you We'll you, commiserate. You tell yeah, me. Yeah, you, you get that, right? Like, yes. after, yes. after uh, the business is shifted, right? So, like, you're doing the same song and dance that's been working yeah. or whatever, right? And then all of a sudden, it's like, hard no. And I'm like, oh, was there something wrong with me? What the fuck? And I was trying to get feedback from them, like, could I have done something better? Could I have tweaked it? Or like, what do they want or whatever? But it was, it felt truly like, yeah, no, it, four of us are getting fired next week. So oh, it just felt like ambit, like they don't, they. Yeah. And they're like meeting because we had Octavia or like we, they want to preserve the relationship or whatever. The That's really fucking annoying. What is, whatever it is for, I can't say, I'm not going to say why they yeah. would meet, but, and, but it just didn't seem like the right time yeah no i mean that's why i say in this goofy theme song like the industry is contracting because that's one of the, like that's totally like one of the things they say They're like you know it's a really hard market right now yeah yeah the industry's contracting we're looking down the barrel of a strike i'm like so what like i yeah. like there are still things like you're uh, still gonna have to put stuff on yeah like yeah. um to teddy aaron and i the first thing we are producing just as producers uh -huh. we sold in the room on Oh, cool. Uh, maybe I shouldn't say that 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 company we saw. We'll we'll beep it out. We'll beep but, it out. <laughs> but um, these two Fairfax writers, Mike Levinson and Laura Pollock, came mm -hmm. up with this really good idea. Um, it's super funny, animated workplace comedy, and they they sold it in the room like cool. on Monday, and I was like, holy oh my God. shit! I had never like I haven't I've only had that happen to me once, mm -hmm. and in a world where everyone says like the industry is contracting and it's yeah, all yeah. Over, to see them do that just from the sideline as a cheerleader. Like it was a very special moment for me because oh, that's cool. It's the first thing Laura's ever sold. Uh, her and Mike met on Fairfax and they mm. became best friends and were, they're, they're each other's work wives, which is what the whole pitch is about. And they have pictures of us making Fairfax on zoom every day for the whole show. They wore the same color shirt and no one noticed. So they talk about like, we have inside jokes that are not funny to anyone, but ourselves <laughs> and like they had pictures of it and, and it's frankly fucking adorable. Um, That's awesome. But for the most part, yeah. I have been just butting up against walls of passes. Yeah. You know, uh, Teddy and I, we took out this pitch. We love called girl dads. Mm. That was like a down the middle network comedy. Uh, and we got CBS studios attached as a studio. We was got a, was it with uh, Kate Kate's team, Kate Kate Adler's team? Uh, it was with uh, I don't uh, Alec Botnick. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. So, I work with him on my spot. Oh, show. right, 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 yeah. right. Yeah, he's great. They're great, but we didn't sell it, and like we that had a really sucks. good pitch. We all had daughters, like me, Teddy, Aaron, Zimilis, Angelo, yeah. all had daughters while making Fairfax, and that and what it, the hook really wasn't just like oh, it's men with daughters. It's that for every comedy you've ever seen about a family whether it's modern family the simpsons or married with children the dad is like oh no i have a daughter like what do i do now like yeah, do i fucking yeah. go to ballet <laughs> and with us you know i'm wearing nail polish and teddy and aaron are knitting pussy hats and going to march with their kids so like yeah. we wanted to make a show that was pro like father pro daughter yeah um and it got very far but never got across the one yard line and like after that i was like have i lost the plot have i lost touch <laughs> like yeah. how do i know like why did I spend so much time on something that wasn't saleable? But I think like I, just I don't think that's true. I think it's it is sell sellable. It's in a different time. Yeah, I I do think so. And maybe it's because I don't know, man. It, it's hard to not blame yourself, right? Because you're like it's such a personal thing, and so much of your like alone mental time is spent on that thing yeah. and it was our story so i was so hard right. like you don't want to show about teddy aaron and i being dads <laughs> like what the fuck is wrong with you guys we're not good enough for you yeah yeah so it, it does suck and i i do cry i've i cried in the car multiple oh. times yeah I, oh. yeah with kate kate's team is she called me about oh, when you late... found out like the show wasn't gonna be was... made or whatever yeah yeah oh. I, I was like um okay. she's like we love you and i was like i gotta go before i start crying <laughs> <laughs> one time i was sad and then another time i was kind of stoked because fairfax mm. was happening 
And I was like, how am I going to juggle two balls if this thing I set up at Fox goes? Mm. And it quietly went away, even though I could love doing it. I mm. I would be lying if I said I didn't feel a little bit relieved. Yeah. Um, but it sucks when stuff dies. I mean, I'm sure you have figured it out by now that Fairfax is just going to be a two-season show. Yeah. I uh, mean, I, I we haven't heard anything, so like I, I assume. I'm but telling like, you now. Okay, you are? Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's always hope because there's no like public cancellation sometimes and you're like, okay, maybe we're just waiting. You know, you know, the truth is like Amazon was so nice when it happened. They called us and they're like, guys, we really thought this was going to be a huge global juggernaut. Yeah. And we we can't understand why it isn't. But we love you guys. And, yeah. you know, unfortunately, I think that this is going to be the end of the show. Um, Damn. But what they did say at the end, there was like, but here's the thing. These shows have a weird way of coming, coming back, back around and audiences finding them. So, like, we love you guys and the show, so we're not going to announce a cancellation. We're just kind of just going to move along and yes. do the next thing on our conveyor belt. But, like, who knows? And I said, great, we'll talk to you in 12 years when you call us to reboot it. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and that was that was it. Oh, man. I, but it is such sucks. a it, – dude, the truth is um, – I, I would get sad for a minute, but when I watch it, I'm just like, this show is fucking it's so awesome. It's good. And I, and I truly think like- People it, don't get it. I think if people, if it had been on another streamer, yeah. we we would have had, you know, and Peter Knight says the same thing. He's like, if you guys were on Netflix or on Hulu or someplace that was more, I don't know, animation uh, friendly Forward. other than like Vox Machina, which does well for Amazon, I think yeah. we would have had a much better shot. But yeah, I sleep well because we had an amazing cast. We got to do- what we want with who we want and amazon kind of got out of the way for the most part you yeah. know they weren't annoying about notes or nitpicky or you know when we said we wanted to cast whomever they were supportive of it and, yeah. it, and it we had a blast making it so i try not to get sour about the end of it because you know um what i tell people is yeah it's just like the nick it was always supposed to be two seasons yeah, <laughs> yeah it was a british sensibility yeah exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> I, I, I got to say, I loved making it. It was the quarantine thing, and it was a scary time, but you guys really made it. You, you made the world small for me. Oh, you know what thanks, I mean? Dude. And that really, I'm thankful for that. We, I, I truly feel like we had such a nice, although the world was falling apart and there yeah. was civil <laughs> unrest and people fighting for vaccinations and cutting lines and yeah. um we got to do something wonderful and i always tell people like frankly that time like 2020 wasn't a bad for wasn't that bad for me no, yeah like was... i know it sucked for 99 right. of the workforce <laughs> um and it's and it's so ironic because i had been waiting for this moment to like get to go around and be like yeah i got a show and i'm in production and i have an office at titmouse and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. but like to not be able to really go anywhere or tell anyone and like sit in your garage and make it it's so funny because teddy and aaron and i always said we'd be writing this like episode two before we had a production or anything in Aaron's uh, mother-in-law's kitchen. And he would say, frankly, like we do this in our fucking kitchens if they asked us to. So like, let's just do the best we can. And so when we had to end up doing our kitchens, <laughs> we were like, Aaron, you fucking cursed yeah, us. Don't say shit anymore. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was a, it was a great distraction. And I, I, my friend, my funny friends love it. Yeah. So like, that's all that matters. Because it's, I mean, first of all, you are a wonderful, like, no Thank bullshit. Uh, the second you came in and read and uh, did, like, the container store ass bitch thing and told us about your brother. <laughs> uh, who, who, by the way, now is, like, trying to do a side hustle of, like, getting drops and doing, I'm like, this is a weird, like, art imitating life, yep. imitating art. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. But anyway. You're also yeah. like, bro, like, Supreme is over. They moved off Fairfax. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, you're like five years late, yeah. dude. <laughs> exactly. it's, it's over. Yeah. Um, so after after you get passed on for this pitch, like, mm. do you are you taking a break on original development? Are you like, no, I'm going back into the coal mines and mm. we're going to figure this out. I'm going back in the lab. Like, how do you dust yourself off and, and get back in the ring? Yeah, it's I did I definitely have trouble doing that. Um I need Me too. I need like a day with my friends to commiserate yeah. and just get stupid high and, you know, emote it out and then luckily I have I always have multiple things happening because I'm crazy and I can't sit still. So like it's almost like that this has happened a lot of times where like Things get developed to a certain point and then it, it fades away or something. And then sometimes it comes back. Like this thing I just took out, like came back after a year of sitting somewhere. So like it almost like 
it, things feel cyclical, mm-hmm. you know. And I know we just talked about like <laughs> Fairfax, but things do feel cyclical. And it totally is. I um, I, I have a couple of other things that I, I I have to work on, as in like deadlines. So like that keeps keeping me busy. And also, I'd really like to break into the feature space. And I have a feature that I'm writing, and Hell yeah, I've like outlined completely now, and I'm like, I gotta get to the script, so that's where I am. So ex- lo- lots yeah. of stuff to work on. Yeah. You know, Teddy and Aaron, they're they're getting a lot. They're having a lot of luck working in features. I mean, not luck; they work incredibly hard, and they're so smart. Yeah. But they they have found that at this moment, where everyone's saying, "Oh, the business is contracting," they've you know been getting a lot more work in features. Cool. So your uh, it seems to be your head is in the right place. Is the reason <laughs> I tell you that. Yeah, I, I know you. St- didn't you start? I started in, in features. features. Every once in a while, I'll write a movie. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to get this reboot of Miss Congeniality off the ground. Or it's it's, oh. it's a sequel. It's a threequel. I wrote it. Um, cool. Um, but it's like such a pain in the ass getting anyone to care or pay attention, mm-hmm. um, especially when everyone's like, "Oh, there's a strike coming." I'm like, "Exactly. Right. Why don't you buy the fucking script and then yeah, you have now. this bank? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I'll go and work on it." Um, uh, but yeah, I started in movies and. I just found that like I wanted to be in a writer's room. Like that's the most fun place to be, as I'm sure yeah. you know. Um, I, I, number one, if I could be in a room, I would love that. And but like thing developing on my own, writing on my own, I don't know. I don't writing pilots on my own seems. I like doing it, but like I'd like to take a take a stab at the movie. Yeah, yeah, at, at like a one and done. Go yeah, you know what I mean. That there's something really beautiful about that. Like TV, like you have to like constantly figure out how to the engine to keep that fucking engine yeah. going, and it's like feed the ads, you know. Yeah. Like, but it, the feature feels like I can tell one story, and you know, if it sells, it sells, whatever. But like, at least where my like creative energy is going, yeah. it feels like that's where I want to put it now. Have you read the screenwriting book Save the Cat? Yeah. Course, I love yeah. that book. Yeah, like, I love it. I, I know people are like, oh, it's a fucking thing. It's, I, it's I usually me. go by that. Me too. Yeah, it's yeah. helped me immensely. And so yeah. when people are like, yeah, no, I don't like read that. I'm not reading that. I'm like, why? Why like, not? Everybody's fucking read that. Also read everything. I think, Absolutely. Right? And then figure out your own approach to it. Yeah. Like, you don't have to do it this guy's way because, I don't know. I, most people I feel like... Uh, don't even know what it is and then they're like well i don't need a book to tell me like who cares other like, people yeah i've heard other people be like they do they go by dan Harmon's story wheel have story you circle yeah. yeah story <laughs> circle that. excuse me what, what's the difference it's I, the same I, thing I, like it's all I, the same I, shit it just looks like weird math to me <laughs> you know like <laughs> yeah. like the uh fibonacci sequence <laughs> when i look at it, I'm like i don't ha- i don't have time for this yeah yeah and then there's the joseph Campbell. it's the joseph campbell hero's journey mm-hmm. right it's the same thing mm-hmm. yeah i think it's all the same thing right? speaking of a hero's journey i know you're just telling me that you just got passed time and time again uh i just saw on deadline you sold a show to fox number one citizen is that what it's called number one supreme citizen supreme yeah so tell me about that one you fucking hollywood (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i was gonna say king (laughs) i know it's you know how deadline is like it's like months ago way later okay so it happened months ago months yeah many many months ago. is it dead already no 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 i I just handed in the first draft so like is it a multi or a single cam it's a single cam hybrid, and so it's an, imagine like North Korean refugee Vor, Borat. Okay, where he's studying for his citizenship test, and he's making a video for his son who he left behind. Got it. So he's um, it's direct to camera, it's presentational, and it's all with real people. And he's go he's figuring out how to become the best citizen because he found like a WikiHow link on uh, how to be a good citizen. He's going down the list. That's and, hilarious. Yeah. So he the first one is about identity. Uh, or like be an individual, which is like a very strange thing for a North Korean because yeah. it's a very collective communist society. Yep. So he's going like crazy in the first episode and figuring out like who he should be or like who he can be and blah, blah. So like it's really fun. And uh, I've never done a hot, uh, I guess it's like technically unscripted or like semi scripted. Like I have to I have to script the way I want it to go. Wow, this yeah. sounds complicated. It's it's interesting. Or like a it's weird, weird, like a different way of writing for network. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm surprised they bought it because this was definitely more of like a cable streamer idea, where like it could quietly find an audience, you know. But like to be on broadcast, it it, it feels a little dangerous creatively, like for them, you know, like especially Fox, you know. So like. Because it, it's a satire engine, yeah, and they don't do that. <laughs> did, so, it, did 
did they buy it like immediately? Did you get other offers? Like what was the, I want to know, basically, I want to hear about the triumphant moment where you got the call or the yes is what I'm getting to. It was very, it was very weird. It was off like a random, like just a log line pitch. Really? Yeah. I didn't even know I was pitching, Matt. Like I literally was like, we were just having fun talking about our dogs and I was like, they were like, yeah, you know, oh, because I had done a unscripted pilot for True TV, uh-huh. and they saw it on Deadline, and they were like, oh, we actually got a copy of that for Warner. Like, we watched it. It was funny, blah, blah, Do you have any other ideas like that? And I was like, I don't think this is for Fox. I really, I wasn't trying to, like, neg them. I was yeah. like, I honestly don't think this is for Fox. And they were like, hit us with it. And I hit him with it. And they were like, brilliant. Okay, well, we'll talk soon. And I was like, Okay. And then that was Tuesday. And then Friday, my reps called and they were like, congratulations. They were, I was like, what the fuck? What? <laughs> what are you talking about? And then it took six months to close. Of course. But, you know, and then because, and, and here's what, like, s- selling like that, it seems like such a dream. Like, oh, my God, I had to do no work. But you have to do the work Yeah, later. of course. Then you have to, then you're like. You have to catch up to it. Right? You went, oh, f- I'm sure after you got excited that you sold something, you went, oh. Fuck. Fuck. I have to yeah. go create a whole. Sh- oh, I have to go create a whole show in a world now. Yeah, and all the logic behind it, on all the oh, math and the comedy God. math behind it, like it's it's fucking crazy. So like, and, and I, I I don't know. Like it's, I'm not gonna complain about a deal, sure. but it's also like doing the work beforehand and then pitching is the way it should be done, because I I didn't I don't this 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 process was way harder. To like pick, pitch off an idea and then they're like, okay, prove it. And you're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> who are you, who are you pitching that you like had the power to just be like, bang? Or do you think they had to like No, they had to run it up the Got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But they ran it up and everybody was like, yes. You know, amazing. So, so it, I got lucky and I've never had this be- happen before. And I don't think it will ever happen again. But it's amazing. It's amazing and it's uh scary. It's really scary because, like, you don't want to say, like, no when they offer you a deal. You're yeah. like, no, I'm going to work on it more. Of course. <laughs> and then see you later. Of course. But um, – and then we had to figure out, like, who the right showrunner to attach. And, like, we had – I had to go on all these dates with mm, people. And who did you up. pick someone you like? You don't have to say their name, but, like, how, how yeah, did they yeah, go? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I met – of all the five I met, all five were great. Like, just really smart, sharp. Yeah. Um, I, I asked for a lot of like daily shows slash um, uh, like the rehearsal people, mm-hmm. Nathan Fielder people, because yeah. they have that kind of experience. So it was a lot of me getting like free advice from them. <laughs> did you did you pick one? I did. Got yeah, it. Yeah, okay, yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. And we're working great together. So it's great. That's fabulous. Yeah. Um, wh- uh, Housebroken's on now. What else are you working on at the moment? Housebroken's on now. Um that's it. As far as work, just developing. Uh, now I'm not developing. I just got knows. Um, but there's a there's a show that got passed on that they're like, hey, maybe we should retool this, and that might end up being something. So if that happens, then I'll develop that. But I would really love to get into the room again. Yeah. Hopefully. Do you think House? I'm think Housebroken should come back, right? Did, did I hope so. Yeah. We haven't heard anything. It's like it's like when Fairfax went. I didn't hear anything. I'm like, okay, yeah, <laughs> what, like, what's uh, the limit here? Yeah. What's the statute of limitations? Uh-huh. <laughs> Dude, I totally know. Yeah. What but, about you? Are you developing right now? You- Over there is the wall of projects. Oh, here we go. Um, nice. But the answer is, uh, I'm Andre Agassi. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah. Oh, okay. Nice. What did you think it was? I thought it was agashi, which is a Korean word for what does it mean? for a young lady. Oh. Yeah, so I was like, oh, okay. Cool. That brings a whole new dimension to Andre Agassi. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, there's a there's a handful of things that I'm developing, both on my own, yeah. some with Teddy and Aaron, um, some as producers with Teddy and Aaron. Mm. Um, cool. A couple things that I've written, a couple what, things. Uh, so uh, can you tell me about yeah, I'll that? I'll tell you anything. What, yeah. What, what does that mean when you're a producer on Okay, something? so so Here's here's I have always seen myself as like in order to be a good writer, you have to be able to produce. And to me, producing just means like you're putting stuff together. Like yeah. I was always the kid that was like, oh, we're going to go to pre-prom. I'll get the limo and the, t- yeah, the after party yeah. tickets, whatever. Uh-huh. Um, or even now with my wife who does events for a living, I'm like, I'll plan our dates. Like I'll get the concert tickets. <laughs> I know I'll get the reservation for dinner. I'll plan the Ubers. Yeah. Um, 
And I just, I'm that guy too, yeah, by the way, in relationships yeah, I'm, and others. I have a Leonardo quality with also Raphael and Michelangelo tendencies. <laughs> um, but with us, we proved with Fairfax, like you can, as a streamer, give mm. us millions of dollars yeah. and we'll give you a TV show with yeah. a wonderful cast. And like, you know, say what you want about how successful it is. Like we delivered a show on time and on budget and it's fucking great. Yeah. I don't mean to toot my own horn, but beep, beep. So <laughs> we had this first look deal with Amazon there was a few uh, ideas that we developed to write on our own. And the idea was always like, if we did, you know, get something off the ground, John Zimelis would be our president of production. If we had that deal at Amazon and it didn't happen, they didn't renew it, but we had some really cool projects. Some that were written by us. One was a piece of IP. That's this image comic. Another thing was by these two Fairfax writers that we just sold. And we kind of just said ourselves, you know, we'll do what the other producers we know do. So, mm. We heard these pitches. We developed them. We had art developed for the one that we just sold. Cool. Um, and if it's Who's like the a, studio for that, uh, nobody. It's just us as producers and um, company that I won't say yet. Oh wow! Yeah, so it's just it's Teddy Matt and Aaron International, the oh, adorable trio. That's incredible. Yeah, it's yeah. super exciting. Um, so when you make a deal like that, you're just you're, I'm just getting paid as a producer. You're getting paid as a producer once that is greenlit. Right, so Correct. All I don't the... get any money really, unless unless you happen to be someone where you can be like, give me development money, which I can ask for, but who the fuck knows if I'll get any of it? Right, right. But normally, you're, normally you're just... doing it because you're like, this is someone I want to help. This is a great idea. I believe in this. I believe in this, and I like to usher this to yeah. completion. And if it becomes The Simpsons, I'll get rich. Yeah, but like, yeah. short of Yellowstone or The Simpsons, <laughs> like, you know, um, most of these things, I just like, I really believe in them, and they're fun and awesome, and cool. I want to just have like a stable of shit and a company and continue yeah. making stuff with cool people. Um, and uh, I think a lot of this is at least with me, like so much of the work that I have had has been self-started like Fairfax. Yeah. For example, I was in Mexico city working on the Spanish soccer show for Netflix. And I got a call from one of the producers of Fairfax saying you have a very silly social media. Cause I always talk to my camera. Like I'm an influencer, like what's mm. up fam. Even though I have like, you know, 1600 followers. <laughs> uh -huh. Fuck. And they said, your social media is super funny. Do you have any interest in pitching a, a show about Fairfax? And I said, of course, just cause like, yeah, I'll do anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Teddy, who has been, who we met on Twitter in 2012 because Aaron and Teddy had a script on the blacklist. I had a script on the blacklist. I went over to hang out at his house. We became best friends. So I would talk to him every single day, and I said, hey, I just got a call from the, the creators of At Midnight. They have a Fairfax idea. Um, and he was like, dude, uh, I totally know what that is. And I was like, it's an animated show. He's like, we should do that with the way in of the Sandlot. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, the same way Smalls comes in, and he doesn't know about baseball, and the kids take him in and teach him about yeah. baseball. We should do that with the hypebeast culture and, like, have a character that's fish out of water and like, you know, uh, Benny the Jet from Sandlot is why we named your character Benny. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It was a little, that was our, our hat tip. Um, cool. But uh, I said, you know, he was like, but I, you know, I'm writing partners with Aaron. Like yeah. I can't, and I was like, just come with me to this meeting uh -huh. and if it goes well, then we'll go and get Aaron and convince him. And he's like, okay. So we went wow. to this meeting. Cool. We just, and I had always been by myself solo dolo in these mm -hmm. generals. And I finally saw, like, oh, no wonder Teddy and Aaron are crushing it. Because when you have two people, you're bouncing off each other. Oh, like, it's way more fun. I had never had yeah. a better meeting. And, wow. and within four meeting, four hours, they called and said, we want you guys to do Fairfax. Wow. And we were like, that's oh, cool. incredible. So then Teddy set us up on a set me and Aaron up on a mandate. We, uh, we met at WME because VR had just come out. And Teddy is mm. a friend that's a VR agent. And so, like, our icebreaker, like, let's meet and talk about Fairfax was, was Teddy and Aaron and I doing VR at William Morris Endeavor. And then we had lunch in the like basement cafeteria where I sat across from Aaron and I said, look, I would never fuck with a man's uh, lady, his car, or his livelihood. Teddy could be all three to you. I'm not trying to take away your writing partner, but I think there's this really exciting idea. And if you're open to it, like I think we should pursue this together. And he was wow. like, and he was convinced, and that was how it sort of started. Incredible. Yeah. Wow. I never knew that. That's so cool to know. Yeah. So like Damn. I guess I say that because, you know, you can look at it and be like, oh, well, you could have just done it yourself and then you don't have to cut the pie three ways or it's like, no, yeah. I, I knew exactly what my limitations were. Right. And I, I'm going to put together the right team on yeah. on on something no matter what it is. And I and I pride myself on being the dumbest guy in the room. <laughs> and and because of that, like we made a show and I, yeah. I feel like I learned how to pitch and I'm such a better writer because of them. So 
That's awesome, man. Yeah, it happened yeah. in a very weird way, but uh, we're so proud of it. And, and Peter, we're so proud that that you got to be on the show. And Thank like, we you. Truly, we truly it. like knew it the moment we met you. So to see your success starting to 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 bloom and blossom in real time on the internet is 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 fucking awesome. Dude. Yeah, months later on Deadline. No, but still, like you know, like you probably go home for holidays and everyone's like, "Our Hollywood son." No way. No, no one. No one cares. No one. No one, no one, no one in town in New no York. No one Bronx? literally cares. Oh, that breaks my heart. No. That breaks my heart. It should be that way. It keeps me humble. Oh. Well, Peter, I really appreciate you coming out and, and talking Thank you for today. Uh, is there anything you want to plug before we go? Uh, yeah, check out Two Kim's One Pod. That's my podcast with my friend Unja Kim. We're going to be doing a live show in LA. So, yeah, look out for that. Peter Kim, cool. everybody. All right, thank this you. This has been uh, Right Who You Know. Talk to you later, Peter. Bye.